one of these days, I want to do like 90s crushes, which is what led me into the whole. Oh, I like right? that. I would, it would just be nice to get like Talia or someone who's not a man to also be able to weigh in on it. No. So it's not just oog- us oogling no, 90s girls. It's just us. Okay, funny that you say oogling, because I also say it oogling, and it's definitely ogling. And Tally gave me shit about that. Regardless, well, tell her to oogling put is a, funnier. Tell her to put a decal on it. How about, yeah, I know. How about we just do it ourselves, and the only 90s heartthrob we discuss on the male side is James Vanderbeek. <laughs> I can't even picture what he looks like off the top of my head. It doesn't matter. We should just leave all this in. Yes. Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999, I think. We're your hosts. My name's Chris Alphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we are covering January 8th through 14th, smack dab in the middle of the 90s in 19-dickety-5. That just happened. I didn't see that coming. January 8th. Pearl Jam frontman Eddie Vedder hosts Self Pollution Radio, a four and a half hour radio broadcast with live performances by Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mudhoney, and others. Any station with satellite receiver could pick up and carry the program. Also on this date, we found a story titled Abuse Dog, Lose Badge. This one comes out of New York. A police sergeant was stripped of his gun and badge after being implicated in the death of Fred the Beagle, a department mascot who apparently forgot his manners in the station house. Sergeant Hector Colazzo, age 36, was put on desk duty while the department considers disciplinary action for animal abuse. Uh, This wasn't good enough closure, so he looked it up, and later in the year he lost his job for being a piece of shit. The article probably worded that differently, but that's the message. That's what I took from it, at least. Okay, let's move on to January 9th. Valery Polyakov completes 366 days in space while aboard the Mir space station, breaking a duration record. Also an article from today, flight delayed after stowaway found on jet. A London-bound Virgin Atlantic Airways flight was delayed several hours Sunday after a man, an apparent stowaway, was found in a lavatory, aka a bathroom, as the plane was ready to take off from Los Angeles International Airport. (laughs) The trespasser, whose name was not released, was escorted from the plane in handcuffs. The 400-plus passengers aboard the sold-out flight left the 747 and waited several hours while a security search was made of the jumbo jet, said police. Oh man, that would be so much more serious today. Oh yeah, like post 9-11 travel, it's like you are never flying again. Like they probably did a sweep of that flight, but everyone got back on it. Oh yeah, I think, yeah, they said the flight was delayed, not... uh... Yeah, like they probably got back on that same airplane, right? I I would assume so. January 10th. True Lies was released on VHS today. Sometime after this, Chris received a high-quality bootleg VHS cassette of the movie. It's one of my... It's... One of my fond memories of just seeing the VHS, I only watched it a couple times because, I don't know, as a six-year-old or whatever, True Lies wasn't exactly my favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It's a decent movie, but like, I was six, so I don't care. It's not Terminator 2. Yeah. We also found a story titled, Clinton Sessions with Robbins, Motivational Guru Confirmed. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Anthony J. Robbins, a Del Mar motivational guru and king of late-night infomercials, was summoned to Camp David recently for a consultation with President Clinton, the White House confirmed Monday. Oh, yeah. Quote, the president has had a lot of individuals come up and visit and talk with him at Camp David, said a White House spokesman, who asked not to be identified. Wonder why. Robbins is merely the latest on the list. 
A leader in the New Age movement and a frequent defendant and plaintiff in litigation, <laughs> Robbins has said his life's work is helping people with image problems realize their full potential. Fucking Tony Robbins. How does this, how does this relate to Bill Clinton, though? I don't know. I really don't know. What, what was he motivating him on? Well, what were his image problems? I don't get it. Um, in 1995, not much. He actually just thought he had a big nose. That was it. His <laughs> literal image problems. <laughs> Tony, what do I do about my nose? When I look in the mirror, I see a man I don't want to see. <laughs> and then Tony Robbins eats him. Yeah. I don't know much about Tony Robbins. He's a hungry man. Yeah. Man, imagine if we could get Swanson to fucking sponsor Stuck the in the 90s is brought to you by Swanson Family Dinners. You like turkey, you like frozen things, you're gonna love it. I'm cutting all of this. Ah, eh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> How about we move on to January 11th? Good day. You know why? The WB TV network launches. Damn. The network premiered shows uh, today, such as The Wayne's Brothers and Unhappily Ever After. Do you remember Unhappily Ever After? I do. Yeah, with the bunny? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that was voiced by uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite, right? I think it was voiced by him. Are you thinking Greg the Bunny? No, Greg the Bunny was definitely oh, just that like was, a random. Uh, yeah. That was with Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Seth Green. Yeah. Unhappily Ever After. It was a. Show on the WB. Uh, also today, the Pope starts a tour to Australia and Asia. Defying signs of physical weakness and ill health, Pope John Paul II plans to embark on Wednesday on his longest trip in three years, an 11-day, 20,000-mile uh, visit to Asia and Australia that seems more than ever to raise the question, what drives him to such grueling odysseys? The journey to the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, Australia, and Sri Lanka will be the 63rd foreign tour John Paul II has undertaken since he assumed the papacy in 1978. It will also be the most arduous since a 10-day tour of Brazil in 1991, and first since his mounting signs of infirmity. That being said, he went on to kick it for another 10 years. Yeah, he, that guy really clung on, eh? Yeah. January 12th, Hockey Pact clears way for a shortened season. NHL owners and the union agree to end a 103-day lockout. An uneasy peace is settled over the National Hockey League, which finally reached a settlement Wednesday in a labor dispute that began when owners locked out players on October 1st in an attempt to bring about major changes in the league's salary structure. The league's 700-plus players, who have scattered to Europe and throughout North America, have until noon Friday to ratify the settlement in a vote by secret ballot. They are expected to accept the six-year collective bargaining agreement that makes unfettered free agency attainable for the first time. Pretty good. The league didn't strike again until 2004. Yep, yeah, it lasted a whole 10 years. Sure did. Hey, that means we're overdue. Yeah, oh yeah, it's coming. Yeah, you think? No. I, no. They'll be fine. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, gotta have, gotta have some hockey. Let's move on to the 13th of January. The SNES version of the popular arcade game Bust-A-Move, aka Puzzle Bobble, was released today. Oh, I love Bust-A-Move. I know, it was such a good game. Yeah. Like. Uh, I remember the arcade version playing it. There was a sub shop that sold subs for two for five dollars for the longest time. And they had one of those machines for a while. And I think one of the greatest things that the SNES version brought over the arcade uh, was the, the two player multiplayer thing where you would like shoot the bubbles on yours and you broke a lot of them and then they'd send them over to your opponent's screen. Are you talking about Super Submarine on McLeod? Yeah. I had an idea in the car the other day. How sweet would it be if they did a marketing campaign? And the jingle was, we all eat at the super submarine. The money to license that would not be worth it for a small town Paul and Ringo shop. would never find out. I mean, there have been things in this city that have used trademarks without 
any there's a laundromat right by both of our childhood homes that had a donald duck on it for like 15 years that's the one i was thinking of did they find out or i think they did they made them take it down i mean yeah that was uh that was pretty excessive yeah yeah that was actually the example i was thinking of uh also today article nevada coal train crashes kills one injures three one crewman was killed and three others were injured before dawn thursday when two union pacific railroad coal trains collided head-on 110 miles northeast of las vegas i assume um it just says here in the article that's weird six locomotives and 18 coal cars derailed closing the railroad's main line between salt lake city and la so this is like the culmination of one of those math problems <laughs> uh, trains leaving Omaha. At... I never had one of those. Like, oh, I did. I really? remember those. Oh, yeah. I never had one. And like, I think at least in high school, we pretty much had the same math classes. I I, re- I very much remember these being a problem, like on the chalkboard. I never had a train problem. Huh. That's weird. Closing out the week, January fourteenth. Online computer services had another boom year. Survey says. Online computer services enjoyed another boom in popularity last year, with the number of subscribers jumping nearly 40% from 1993 as competition pushed down prices, a new survey said Friday. Many of the 1.7 million new subscribers in 94 signed up during the last three months of the year, boosting the total number of users to more than 6.3 million, according to the Washington-based Information and Interactive Services Report. America Online, CompuServe, and Prodigy are the biggest of the 55 services surveyed and account for about 80% of total subscribers. The survey does not factor in independent providers of links to the internet, uh, the huge computer network that can be accessed through online services. They actually just had to define the internet. Oh my god. I know, I love that. Oh, just in case people don't know yet. I love it. All right. Moving on to movies and music. Let's start in the box office. Yeah, this week, I think we've got a lot of stuff we haven't really touched on much. Yeah, so th- this week, like, we were going to get into the whole, let's t- talk about one movie individually, but because there's a bit of variety in here, we're, we're going to Yeah, we're gonna let this one slide. So in the number one spot, we get Legends of the Fall. I don't know what that movie is. Uh, let's click on it. Let's yeah, let's it find up. out. Let's go on a journey of discovery. Who the Ooh, hell? Brad Pitt, Brad Anthony Pitt. Hopkins... Okay, this is a thing. Cool. It's definitely a movie, yeah. and it aired in the 90s. That, uh, is, a, <laughs> that is a fact. Uh, in the number two spot, we get Higher Learning. At three is Demon Knight. And at four, the first movie that matters, Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Dumb and Dumber is one of those movies that, don't get me wrong, it's really stupid. But it holds up. If you go back and watch it now, it is every bit as enjoyable as it was when I first saw it. It's so damn good. Oh, yeah, uh, it is. And unfortunately, I don't know. I, uh, is it Dumb and Dumber 2? Oh, the dumb, new one? So that was not good. Dumb and Dumber-er was like the rehash, like the when they were younger. That was terrible. Dumb and Dumber 2 was also really bad. Uh, and at five, we get Nobody's Fool. Moving down this list, Little Women is on here, number eight. Ooh. They weren't little girls. That's true. They were little women. Is that a quote from that, or am I just ripping that off of something? Probably ripping it off of something. All right. Uh, at nine is the Jungle Book. Did you see the new either of the new Jungle Books? Either. There's multiple new ones? Yeah, there were two of them, weren't there? I don't know. I mean, I know there was the one with... Uh, wasn't Bill Murray, like, voicing someone in it? I'm, like, the one that came out, like, probably this time last year or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there were two. I don't, I, either way, I didn't see either of them. Oh, okay. Did you? No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah there's one with Scarlett Johansson, but I'm pretty sure there's a like there's a second one also. Yeah, I, I'm saving all my excitement for Beauty and the Beast. 
Ooh. I mean, I think Emma Watson is going to destroy that role. Oh, one, so one Jungle Book came out, the other got delayed. I forgot. Oh. So that'll be coming out in 2018. Okay. I guess, I mean, that's the thing with Jungle Book. It's completely public domain, so anyone can make well, a movie yeah, on it. it. We can make a Jungle Book it, movie. It harkens back to, like, Ants and A Bug's Life <laughs> and, like, you know, that's Just taking three. the concept of things. Well, that, um, that's three ooh, of duplicates, that's, right? that's something we're going to have to talk about at some point. Uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pencil um, that in. What else do we get on here? Mm. Richie Rich. Oh, is that with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Nice. That was so good. Uh, You know what movie I liked? Mm. I don't think, I don't know if it was Macaulay Culkin or not, but did you ever see Blank Check? That sounds familiar. It was um like a kid gets run over on his bike and then this rich millionaire or something just gives him a check and then forgets to write in the amount of money so the cut ki- so the kid just like takes all his cash i think he writes it for like a million dollars or something it's definitely not macaulay culkin nice um lion king's on here pulp fiction is still on here street fighter street do you remember fighter. street fighter oh at some point we're going to have to do a whole 90 spotlight on that oh, piece of work that is street fighter john claude van damme at oh, yeah. his finest oh just Street Fighter in general was such a 90s thing. Like oh, yeah. The movie, the video games, obviously, which are still around and they're was, still a big deal. I was a little more into Mortal Kombat. Oh, I was too. For, Let's be real. And like for no real reason. And I think we're going to talk about that in a bit. That's actually, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good segue. That is. Unfortunately, we're probably going to do music first. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. All right. This week, we are again taking a look at some of the top albums of this week. And ooh, the hits by Garth Brooks is at number one. So I imagine this is a probably a greatest hits album by Garth Brooks. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, number two, we've got uh, Pearl Jam. Vitalogy. Which, yeah, that's probably a good album. I don't know. I like some Pearl Jam songs. We're we're excitedly moving to number four. Three is two by Boys to Men. You know, I get it. Yeah. Not my jam. But four is an album that shaped my childhood. Four is an album that I it's I think it shaped it helped shape the nineties. Agreed. I think. At least for alternative music and or pop punk. We've got is it Dookie or Dookie? I want to say Dookie, but Dookie is funnier, so I've always called it Dookie. Yeah, by Green Day, of course. Yeah. I remember back in 1994, I saw this album for the first time. Someone I was friends with must have had an older brother or sister who was into Green Day. When I saw that little blimp in the corner that said Bad Year, it was the funniest thing six-year-old me had ever laid my eyes upon. I died laughing. It's... Just such a, it's a little, it's like now it's just, you know, a little kind of, huh, that's when, clever. When you but told it me, killed me, when you told me that before the show, it took me a second to piece together that it was Goodyear. I know, year. it's like, a play on Goodyear. That's so but bad. But it's bad because fuck the establishment. Let me paint you a picture of the first time I remember hearing this album. I was going over to the US with uh, my childhood friend, Jesse. His dad, Jay, was driving us over. I think we were just going over for lunch or something. And we were in, I was sitting in the back of Jay's Ford Probe. Go ahead and Google that. Ford Probes were so sweet. In the back of his Ford Probe, and Jesse handed me this cassette. And that's when I saw it for the first time and listened to to the Green Day album for the first time and got that kind of taste of punk music i'll never forget that okay moving on at five uh hell freezes over by the eagles 
I like the Eagles. Yeah. Ooh, six. Definitely classic 90s smash by The Offspring. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I know any songs from this because I think I was too young for it. For me, most of my Offspring knowledge comes from uh, Americana. Yeah. I mean, because that had Pretty Fly for a White Guy, which nowadays looking back is, I think, my least favorite song on the album. But hey, whatever. It's still a good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, At seven, an obvious classic, MTV Unplugged in New York, Nirvana. Oh, nice. I've seen this probably a dozen times. Yeah. Uh, Eight big ones, Aerosmith, just a greatest hits compilation. Uh, Nine is Wildflowers by Tom Petty. One of of my favorites, Tom Petty, into the American rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the 10 spot, No Need to Argue by The Cranberries. So I am he's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Do you think that is that on this album? I, I hope so. I mean, they've got some good stuff, the Cranberries. They, they do. really do. Zombie, yeah, Zombie Zombie, zombie on is on this one. Nice. And that rounds out the top 10. Uh anything else you want to mention or I don't think just, so. All right. Let's move on. I have a little brief thankfully not 90s for you. Oh, what's that? Cuz I forgot. This week, I am thankful that no one in the 90s really wore pajamas in public. I don't know if it was the popularity of flannel pajama pants that that made this a reality but it seems like every time i go out now spring summer fall winter does not matter there are people wearing pajamas in public like that's an okay thing and i don't think it is i don't know most of the time it's pretty unacceptable i just don't like it i'm not a huge fan but i don't know this is something i think i might have to revisit personally in a few years per i will not wear pajamas out in public besides if it's you know if i'm walking outside to take out the trash or to you know that's an exception but i will not leave home i'm not going to the store in pajamas i'm not going grocery shopping in pajamas yeah like i might be found in a store wearing pajama pants if i'm going skiing and i'm wearing pajama pants under my snow pants that is when you'll see me in public wearing pajamas that's about it i have definitely doubled up used pajama pants as makeshift long johns i need to buy long johns i've never owned a pair me either i mean i may have like when i was like six okay no i do remember a pair that lived in my top drawer for like eight years that i never put on yeah it just wasn't it just wasn't a thing wasn't a thing Okay, so that's that's that. Super thankful that no one in the 90s wore pajamas outside. Maybe we can get back to that one day, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Earlier we were talking about how Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat, that was kind of a thing. And it doesn't really make any sense, does it? They're both cool fighting games. They're both really good fighting games. Oh yeah, and this was rampant in the 90s. This sort of same product wrapped up in two different packages people had very strong opinions about which one was better. Yeah, you like Street Fighter? You suck. Mortal Kombat's where it's at. No, Ryu would totally kick Liu Kang's ass. They're pretty much the same damn thing. So on this week's 90s Spotlight, we want to discuss, just for a few minutes, some of our very strong opinions that don't matter at all, but meant everything in the 90s. And we've got kind of two two little stories each. Let me give you my first one. I was so into Transformers... I fucking love Transformers. Like, the movie was how I got introduced to Weird Al, because he, like, Dare to be Stupid is in the Transformers movie, the the first cartoon, which led to me buying Running with Scissors for my first CD. Anyway, I digress. My favorite Transformer was Bumblebee, but my second favorite Transformer was Hot Rod. Now, there are a lot of people, apparently, who don't like Hot Rod at all because he became Rodimus Prime. There's a whole thing with the AllSpark. It's a whole mumbo-jumbo. But I fucking loved Hot Rod. He was so damn cool. And this came up recently in my life because 2016, I don't know if you guys know this, is the year of the skateboard. I used to skateboard in high school. It was fun. 
shit 2017 damn it i'm still i still think it's 2016 it takes a few months Fuck, it really does like spring by the time spring rolls around anyway so there there's this whole series of skateboards there's like eight of them uh that are like slices of a panoramic picture of the transformers and i told a friend of mine that i'm buying hot rod and he just chewed into me about hot rod like yeah you have a strong opinion but it doesn't matter but these are things that stick with us right oh yeah it really it really meant something for me i hated star wars growing up i was completely anti star wars pro star trek if there was ever any kind of star wars versus star trek debate i was always always on the star trek side it didn't matter what it was like if it was Oh, the Millennium Falcon versus the Enterprise, this versus that. It was, fuck Star Wars, Star Wars is stupid, those goddamn Ewoks. I mean, part of that is factually correct. And then, but there was no reason behind that. I had also never even seen Star <laughs> that's, Wars. That's the clincher, right? <laughs> that really is. Then a little thing, uh, then a little thing happened called the Special Editions, and... While they aren't that good compared to the original films, they are definitely still Star Wars. They're special. Oh, yeah. And and that was my first introduction to Star Wars. And I was like, okay, Star Wars is cool. I'm into this now. And then we've got, we got the prequels. And at the time, I was still into episode one. I was 11. Pod racing is cool when you're an 11-year-old. It's wizard. It is wizard. The second strong opinion I have is a bit of a weird one. Let me take you back. It's 1997. I have a Nintendo 64. I have Mario Kart. The first time I played Mario Kart, I remember this, sitting in front of my parents' tube TV, playing Mario Kart, I got my ass whooped in a Grand Prix by Princess Peach. I replayed it. She whooped me again. Eight-year-old Connor, nine-year-old Connor decides, oh my god, They've buffed Princess Peach's stats because she's a girl and probably no one wants to play as a girl character in video games. And everyone knows girls are bad at video games anyway. So this is why she's beating me. I got to raise this Princess Peach because I want to win. Obviously, none of this is factually correct. I wasn't a sexist. That was just logical at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So now if you come over to my house and we're playing Mario Kart... I'm playing as Princess Peach. That's something that's stuck with me. And I get made fun of every time I play with someone new. Oh my God, you play as Princess Peach? Yeah, bitch. I want to (laughs) win. You know what? I think if anything, maybe, maybe (laughs) this weird twisted logic of yours was the first step in breaking down some of that 90s ingrained sexism in you. Yeah. To really understand women, you had to play as Princess Peach. Maybe. I have no idea where I'm going with that. I don't know. That was I think the thing. It, maybe it made you a better person today. It probably did. Yeah. The fact that you were comfortable playing with a woman character because victory matters. Not playing as a girl. Fuck those other people who are like, you're playing as a girl. Yeah, you're playing as a turtle. Yeah. Which is incidentally what I played as. Well. <laughs> Koopa or Yoshi. Oh, I love playing as Koopa. Yeah. They were they were cool. All right, now for my my second little thing. First, thank you, Connor, for writing it down because I completely forgot what it was. We are on the ball today, podcast listeners. Yeah. In the 90s, I started wearing Nike shoes, Nike Airs, probably like a lot of people. But unlike those other people, I am not remotely athletic in the least. (laughs) I never played sports. I could barely run. I remember in the 100 meter in sixth or seventh grade getting second last place. 
out of everyone. Hey, well, second last isn't dead last. Well, that's because we had Josh Coons. Oh, thanks, Coons. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Nike shoes. At some point, I just decided, like, someone told me they were cool. And when you're a kid, you take that at face value. And for a long time, I had to buy Nikes. Not only that, it was fuck Adidas. Fuck I don't know, New Balance, fuck any other shoe company. I am all about Nikes, and I have this blind product loyalty for no reason. I could have got by with any pair of shoes, but I had to be cool, I had to wear Nikes, and they had to have the little air pocket. Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, they got to us. Exactly, they... Well, I mean, Space Jam. I would still... I want to buy a Toon Squad jersey, just throwing that out there. Oh, that'd be sweet. I know. All right. Every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor. The last couple weeks have been legit. Last week was Lyle Prez of the Amazing Advertising Podcast, who has a couple of zombie-themed audiobooks that he's given away just willy-nilly to listeners. If you want a copy, reach out to us. Yeah, I think he's getting a free second advertising spot out of this. This is this is some good value. Value. One of his books is ranked at 4.5 stars on Amazon. I looked it up, and War and Peace has 4.3 stars. So oh quantitatively speaking, this book is better than War and Peace. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a claim. Value. What's, the, what's Stuck in the 90s brought to you by this week? This week, Stuck in the 90s is proudly presented by pretending to run in front of a green screen. That's right, folks. You remember it. Watching a B-movie. Made for TV movie, maybe. A 90s music video by an up-and-coming band. You're they decided CGI was the coolest thing ever. It really because was. Because back then it was. Yeah. Maybe you're running away from a monster. Maybe you're running a race. Maybe you're running across the world. Maybe you're running to your true love. Maybe you're running away from your true love. However you were doing it, it did not look real because you were running on the spot in front of a green screen. Yeah. And it... Looking back, it just looks very bad. I think at the time, maybe we were wowed by the technology, but nowadays, I watched the uh, music video for Blue by Eiffel 65 Oof. the other day, and by watched it, I mean I got through about mm, a minute of it. Farther than I would have got. And it just features some of these bad green screen tropes. Uh, there was another music video I watched, uh, a one probably no one knows of. It was by a Swedish uh, pop band. It was used in a Dance Dance Revolution game. So that's why I was watching that. But it featured the two girls running very, very poorly in front of a green screen. And sometime along the way, I think technology improved or at least the direction improved. And nowadays when people are fake running in front of a green screen, they're doing a better job. Maybe there's a treadmill or maybe there's something that actually makes it look like they're running. But things have gotten better. So thank you, uh, 90s, 90s movies, music videos, TV, for having someone run in front of that green screen. Because now I can appreciate people running on screen. And I can appreciate how legit it looks. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for the memories. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for not being actually athletic. Maybe, <laughs> were you wearing Nike shoes? I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Did you wear Nike shoes in the 90s? Let us know. As always, you can find us online, facebook.com slash stuck in the 90s podcast. We have a website, stuck in the 90s podcast.com. We, we got in well after that dot com bubble burst, and we are sitting fine. Twitter, SIT90S. 
Instagram stuck in the 90s podcast. I think you guys get it. We'll post some things. I swear to God, we will. Eventually. Post some things. Next week, being real with you, the the spinning wheel from the game of life is 20 feet away. It's up like five stairs. We're not getting it. We're not going to get it. We're not doing it. Next week is January 15th to 21st in 1998. 98. All right. We will see you then. For now, the, the podcast, podcast is, is now over. over.